0: Amen and amen. Okay, so I want to share something with you guys. Most of you guys know this already, but I'm a pure Michigan fan, like the state of Michigan. I'm not talking about college football. Because okay? I'm house united in this place. Okay, I root for both teams. You're like, you can't do that. And some people are like, what? You do that? But here's the thing. When it comes to Michigan in general, I love just look, walking through trails, climbing up dunes. Well, some dunes. I'll tell you why later. Okay? <laughs> climbing up dunes, uh, jumping in Lake Michigan, just looking at the trees and the colors. Just because of the fact that I see and hear God in his creation. You know, when I look at water, I, I, actually the other day, I'm at, I think I, it might have been State Park or Tunnel Park, one of the beaches at, in town, and I'm at the edge of the shore and the, the water, it, have you ever just watched the water and it stops, doesn't hit your feet, and you're seeing how close it can go without it, t- and it's like it just touches the toes, and then this one big wave comes up and like crashes all of you, and you're like, man, and you can't, or is it just me? You're like, Jesse, my kids do that. Okay, that's fine. That's okay. But here's the thing. I watch it, and when I look at the water, what I see is this. I see God commanding every wave to stop exactly where he needs to go and go back in the water. That's what I see when I look at water. When I look at trees, um, in its seasons, whether summer, spring, uh, winter, even fall, I see a a canvas uh, of God's artwork Uh, two years ago. I was children's pastor in Granville, Rez, for a short season. And I would have to commute back and forth from Holland to Granville every Sunday to deliver a word to the children. And I remember one autumn day morning where I'm driving, and I mean, the colors were just beautiful. And that's where I saw a canvas that God paints art for us to enjoy. I see God in that, you know. And then you look at the birds of the air. And then some of you guys are not going to agree with me on this, and that's okay, but I'll try my best to make sure you guys like this. And the squirrels that run around everywhere. I see God's creation. I see these animals just trusting God to provide them with every need that they have. They don't worry. They play. They play. I remember I was uh, early this summer, actually. Um, I'm looking in my backyard, and I have this, like, old barn. It's not mine. It's my neighbor's, but there's an old barn from back in the early 70s It was built. And then there's some trees and a couple of, you know, just kind of nature happening. And there are like these four squirrels. They all had like this uh, brown tail. And then there are these other four squirrels. They all had black tails. I promise this is like a gang war or something. Like they were at each other. And I'm watching. I'm like for a little bit. It looked like they were playing tag. I'm like, oh, that is so awesome. I'm about to pull the phone. And then like two jump on one. I'm like, oh, this is serious here. I I am not joking. I watched it for like 30 minutes, just like intrigued, like, whoa, like what is God? My kids come up, like, dad, what are you looking at? Like, look at the squirrels, and all right, dad, and they just kind of walk away. And (laughs) I'm just so intrigued by the nature of God. And again, I see, I see these animals trusting God for every need. They don't have to worry. They don't have to worry about about any of their food needs or anything. God, it's there for them. It's provided. So when I think of Michigan, the beautiful state that we're in, again, it's because of its beauty, and I hear God. Now, here, I got a couple of pictures real quick I want to show you guys. Now, the first picture here, um, if you could put it up, please. Our first picture here is, now, this is Petoskey. I was there like two weeks ago with my wife. We were celebrating our anniversary. This screen's a little hard to see, but you can see over there. uh, You know, I have Petoskey. We literally camped out there. We put a a blanket, and we had a picnic at that spot. You can't tell me that's beautiful. I see God. I see God at his work and at his best there to give us a journey. Look, go to the next picture. You can see uh, where we at here. Okay, that's Sleeping Bear Dunes, all right? They kind of meshed it together, but they call it, what, panoramic, panoramic, where you go like this with the camera, and it's just a long picture. We had a friend do that. Well, they kind of squeezed it in so it could fit, but that's Sleeping Bear Dunes, and that's my wife and I a couple of weeks ago. Remember how I said some dunes? That's the dune that I'm talking about, okay? We thought Sleeping Bear Dunes was going to be, oh, it's going to be an awesome journey. We're excited. We're going to go up this big hill. We saw it, and we're like, yeah, we totally can conquer that. And then we're going to run down the other side into the lake. No. No, 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 no. That's not Sleeping Bear Dunes, all right? There's nothing going on that has to do with sleeping at all, okay? (laughs) We're going. It is a two-mile hike there and a two-mile hike back. Now remember, we took the journey, we got about halfways, and we realized, where are we? Like in the middle of nowhere. Look how clear the sky is. It is a hot day, and we did not bring water. We did not bring water. It was so intense that I was walking barefooted, and I don't want to be graphic, okay? But the bottom of my skin ripped off of my foot. That's just how hot and intense it was. And let me tell you something, they have rescue people there ready. But it's it's five hundred dollars a head, and I said, no, 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 no. We can do all things in Christ Jesus. Keep it going. Keep. I am not. I am not doing that. I share that because even through the midst of all that, we we love that journey. It was a memory that we will never do again, and just <laughs> but the memory's there and the pictures to prove it. And I showed all you guys. <laughs> but it was something that was just the journey. We just enjoyed the journey. Of, of the God's... Are you, look at this God breathing that together for us. Okay, go to the next picture. We have... That is your own hometown, Holland, Michigan. Have you heard of Cow Park? I think that's how you pronounce it. Cow Park... I've never heard of Cow Park. It's like near Tunnel Park area. And actually, my wife found it on accident with uh, um, my, our mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, found it on accident. And she said, hey, I got to take the kids and you there. We go. And that, that's the very first scene I see. And I just snap a shot from my phone. I'm not a photographer, by the way. This is all from my phone, okay? But look at the beauty of the sun setting. The I mean, my kids are already down there. They're like trying to get to the lake. Very easy walk. That's a dune I will climb, by the way, okay? And the last picture we have here is we have now my wife and my kids and I, we went camping, and everyone's just kind of, it's early morning, it's quiet. I believe they were still just kind of sleeping or just getting up, and I'm outside by myself with my son. And we were just kind of chatting, and this bird is just hanging out with us, right? And so I said, Joshua, let's see how close we can get to the bird without scaring it. And that is how close I got. Literally, I sat down on the ground, and I kind of just went, like, scooting my way through, and I put my phone down. And I just, like, snapped. And now it just snapped like crazy. Hopefully I got one shot. And that is the shot I got right there. Again, I say all this and I show you all this is because I'm so intrigued with God and his creation and what he does. Thank you for those pictures. Uh, You know, I'm just so intrigued by what God created for all of us. I mean, you look at Genesis. He breathed and he commanded and he spoke these things into existence. So we could benefit from it. Yeah, there is a fallen world. We talk about those things. But when you look at the beauty of God, all those things just fade and you can enjoy a journey even when you're weary, even when it's hot in life. You can enjoy a journey that God has created for you when you look at the side of his side and a perspective of God's point of view. You know, Isaiah the prophet, he's very, very good with his words and the scriptures, and I love what he said here. Now, he's setting this whole thing up, and he's getting ready to just talk about the coming Messiah of Jesus Christ, and he's creating this whole thing. But before he says all that, check what he says in 42.5. He says, this is what God the Lord says. Now, hear this, church, the creator. Look at your neighbor say, Creator. The creator of the heavens, the heavens, who stretched them out, who spreads out the earth with all that springs from it. Who gives breath to its people and life to those who walk in it. The creator, the creator of heaven and of earth. I love how John says it in John 1:3, He says, all things were made by him. And so when I personally walk these journeys in life, when I take those trails or when I just go to my backyard and I see a thunderstorm rolling in or something happening, I am in awe because I hear and I see God. Everything else fades. Problems, issues, circumstances, it all fades. There's a song out there that I've just been getting into. Uh, Michael W. Smith, It's it's, I'm surrounded. When, When I think I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. And there is a good insight on that because what he's saying is this. He's saying it may feel like in the natural I'm surrounded by so many storms of life, but reality is I'm surrounded by you when I have Jesus Christ. Church, I think some of us need to hear that truth and live that truth out. Because there are there is beautiful things God has created in your journey, and you're missing it. Because Problems and issues, even the enemy's lies are just trying to blind you from that. And I encourage you when you encounter the Holy Spirit, when you encounter God and your time alone with Him, He reveals these things to you that's been plain in sight before you this whole time. You know, not only that, not just limited to what's here on earth, but beyond earth. Beyond earth. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little rabbit trail here for a second. I think it's funny when scientists say they discovered something, but it's been in the Bible the whole time. You guys know what I'm talking about? I remember, and I might butcher this, and, and you hear, here it goes. But I remember, you know, learning about the atom, you know, in, high, in, in, in middle school, elementary school, all the way through uh, high school. And uh, I'm talk, they're talking about the atom, the smallest thing ever or whatever. And then later on, yeah, it's, it's hard to kind of remember that my science teacher's in here right now. <laughs> He's my science teacher. <laughs> Here's the thing. Should I stop this story? (laughs) But there's something smaller than uh, an atom, and it's called a cork is what I'm trying to go with. And I learned this in Bible school. And that cork actually comes from the vocal cords. It's what they were saying to me. Okay? I'll get graded later. But here's the thing. They said when you speak, these corks are released out of your mouth. And I'm like, wait. God says that when we confess in faith, things come and exist It and manifest. You can move mountains with your words. And I'm like, but yet. Scientists discovered these things, you know, not to bash scientists at all. I think it's great, but I think we give too cr- too much credit to that and not not even any glimpse to the Bible and what God's God says and everything. I, I ran into this thing on Facebook a while back. It says scientists have just dis- or not just discovered scientists have discovered that uh, there are four things that people need to have life and survive. It's water, it's air, it's food, and it's lights. And then it went on to say, "That's funny." You know, because the Bible says that Jesus is the living water, he is the breath of life, he is the bread of life, and he is the light of the world. Yeah. You know, and, it's, and to me, again, it's intriguing because this is God's creation, and it's, and it's best for us. There's a journey he wants you to walk in, and he wants you to enjoy. I'm going to say that again. He wants you to enjoy as well. But we're not limited just to this earth, guys. It goes beyond that. God's goodness is beyond that. Check out Hebrews 11.3. It says that the universe, I'll say that again, the universe was formed at God's command. The universe was formed at God's command. That's a big God. And in Christ, that's your daddy. That's your father. You can't say there's nothing too big for your God. He formed, he commanded the universe to come into existence. I remember being in third grade and going to an exhibit with my family. It wasn't a school trip, it was just a family trip. And there was this one exhibit, it, it was like traveling through space. And you go into this like, theater-looking place, but it's really like a dome. Okay, some of you guys might know what I'm talking about. I don't know the name of it, but it's a dome, right? And then your seat would recline all the way back. They would shut all the lights off, and then you would see like the, the night sky. And then they just take you traveling through space. And I remember being in awe of the planets, of the stars, of the Milky Way. I mean, we traveled, well, we really didn't go anywhere, but through that screen, we traveled everywhere. And I always go back to that memory because at that time I really didn't know Jesus. But today, that I, now that I know him, I can go back to that memory and realize, man, God, that was just a, a glimpse, a, a little copy of what's really out there. You are a big God. Now, if, if you can, hear me out, church. I say all of this because there is a journey we all need to understand in the natural point of view that we have to walk with Christ but also enjoy with Christ. And I believe we walk with Christ, but we are so consumed and weighed down, maybe through heavy spirit or things that are going on, and we miss what God has here for us today. And so we so urge for later on in eternal life, but let me tell you something, kingdom's here now the moment you say yes to Jesus. And then we can have that journey. Not going to say things are going to be easy, because Jesus pretty much guaranteed there will be troubles, but he did say, take heart, I have overcome the troubles and we need to remember that and have that resonated in our hearts so we can enjoy what's going on around us. So, I mean, if God's creation was created to worship him and, 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 and to acknowledge, which that's what I personally see in my journey, how much more his children? How much more the children of God? If God can take care of those squirrels in my backyard, how much more can he take care of me? What about the animals that you encounter? How much more you? You see the food that he feeds them every single day on a daily basis, anytime they want? (laughs) How much more you? You are that much more valuable in his eyes. And we need to remember and grasp that. When you go to Genesis, uh, the book of Genesis in the beginning, when when Adam was created, God God took this dirt from the ground and he created a body, a man. and, And the man was just there, lifeless. But the Bible says that he breathed in the nostrils of Adam and whoop, He's up. And life came to him. And that man that was created, the intention of that man was to have relationship and fellowship with God. It says, the Bible says that he walked in the cool of the day with him. That means he had fellowship and relationship. Scholars will debate whether, oh, was that a spiritual thing? Did God really walk in the garden? That's not the point. Man and God had fellowship with each other. That's what I'm trying to say. Man and God walked together. That's how God created it. And so you have Adam who was created, and he was, he was given life with purpose to, to just walk with God and talk with God and have this relationship with God to enjoy the journey of what he's created for him. And he even said, take charge. This is yours. But then the story goes on. There's a fall that happens. and There's a lie that's believed, and mankind and God, there's a wedge in between them. And when you look at this fall, there's a huge canyon between mankind and God. But then we fast forward all the way up to Jesus, and Jesus had a mission. Jesus, God in flesh, comes, and he does something, and he reconciles something. He reconciles mankind and God, and he builds this bridge away, is what I say, away For mankind to have access to their God again so they can be restored back to where they're at. And Jesus builds this bridge. He builds this bridge with two pieces of wood and three nails. And he says, I lay my life down for all this world and all mankind so they can have access. What I'm saying is this. There's a journey that God wants you to have, but it starts with you crossing that bridge of Jesus Christ. He is the only way you can have that access. And when you look at the scriptures through the life of Jesus, by the way, Jesus is a bridge builder. Do you know that? He's a bridge builder. He made something happen for all mankind to follow. He used his own life. When I'm saying this, if, God, if Jesus is a bridge builder and we're supposed to have the spirit of God within us, shouldn't we be bridge builders as well? Shouldn't we create opportunities for people to see Jesus? You look at the way Jesus did it. The reason the whole motive of Jesus of being this bridge builder with his life in scripture is that Jesus made a way because he knew the heart of the father. He simply knew the heart of the father. He also knew that re, re, the reality of eternity that eternity was real. Guys, listen to me right now. This is not it. This is not it at all. There is an eternal life that we step in the moment this flesh is done and its season and God says, I want that access to you. So Jesus sees the heart, knows the heart of the Father. He knew the reality of eternity. And check this out: He knew the potential of people. He knew your potential. He knew your calling. He knew your gifting. He knew that you could make an impact for his kingdom. And on these three accounts that we just talked about right now, Jesus Himself speaks about it. Luke 15:10, Jesus says this: All heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. I'm gonna say that again. All heaven rejoices when one person comes to Jesus Christ. Now, I read that, and again, I, I'm very visual. And I just I, I imagine a person saying yes to Jesus, and I'm like, man, can you imagine like all heaven and angels and everybody just rejoicing because one sinner came to Christ? But then I got thinking, what if like five people did it at the same time, dude? Heaven's erupting. Like that's what I thought. Did I call you guys, dude? That's funny. <laughs> heaven is erupting because Jesus simply had the heart of the Father. And he knew the heart of the Father. And on the reality of eternity, Jesus says in Matthew 25, 46, then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. (laughs) In other words, people will step into eternity with or without God. And Jesus has made that access that way. He's made something with his own life so you can have eternal salvation with him. Eternal life with him. You don't ever have to be saved. That's what caused Jesus to, to do this thing. Having the, the father's heart and knowing that real, eternity is reality. You know, I, I was reading the story of, of Lazarus. Um, now, Lazarus is the brother of Martha and Mary. And when you look in the book of John, um, these two sisters, their brother was sick, and as he's, you know, as they're just believing God, um, Jesus steps away for a little bit, and the brother dies. Lazarus, he dies. You know, and the news is spread, and Jesus hears about the news of Lazarus. And he still completes what he's doing in the the season he's at, but then he tells his disciples, hey, let's go over there. We're going to go. And when he goes over there, time has already passed. The the scripture says that he's already in his tomb, okay? So you know days went by already. They've had the funeral, the whole thing, the mourning, and they're still mourning. And it says that Mary stood at home while Martha ran to Jesus because she heard Jesus was here. And when Martha came to Jesus, it was in a mourning state. She 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 just lost her brother, and she said, Lord, only if you were here, I'll paraphrase it, only if you were here, this probably wouldn't have happened. And the, the scripture says that Jesus was deeply moved, which means he felt the hurt they felt. Then Mary comes out in the same scenario. Jesus, if you were only here, this probably wouldn't hurt. And it says a second time, Jesus was deeply moved to the point where we see the shortest verse in the Bible. It says, and Jesus wept. He felt the emotion and the pain of what they were going through. Wait, we're talking about Jesus, the resurrection life. Yes, but he also understands the person of you and the church and the body. And when we hurt, he feels that pain. And it says that he wept with them. He wept. He he had this relationship with these two ladies who, who followed his teachings and knew that he was Lord and Messiah. And he knew he was about to do something, but at that moment, he took time, and he spent time, and he wept with them. Is that not a relationship? But check this out. Four days goes by, all right? And in that day, Jesus, after he's mourning with them, he goes to that tomb. And he tells them, remove that stone, roll that stone away, roll it away. And so as they're rolling it, one of the sisters come up to Jesus and says, but it's been four days. The odor, it has to be bad. In other words, it stinks in there already. His body's probably decayed. The loss of hope for their brother. And Jesus said, didn't I tell you I am the resurrection life? And he speaks, the Bible says he speaks to that tomb. And he says, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. And this is where we pick up in the Bible, John eleven forty four. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off that grave clothes and let him go. I say that because at that moment, Jesus demonstrated I built a bridge of salvation for a dead man. Understand, church, get the inside of this. We were that Lazarus at one point of our life. We were dead in our sin at that one point. We were bondage hand and feet and face and awe to, to this pattern of this earth and the sin in this world, but Jesus called you by name and said, come out. He said, come out. And when we said yes to Jesus, When we said yes to Jesus, Jesus commanded, hey, take that grave clothes off of them and put the robe of righteousness on them. He built a bridge of salvation. He demonstrated it in Scripture, and he demonstrates it in our life today through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus is a bridge builder, and he wants us to do the same thing. Now, I'm not saying there are many ways to come to Jesus. No, no, no. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That's how you gain eternal salvation. But we need to build bridges of opportunities for people to come to Christ. Let me, under, let me, let me um, say this clearly. You are all gifted and unique and, and made unique in, in different ways. How I do it is different from how you do it. But what I say is this, God has called you, so there's no formula to how to do this, but God has called you to build bridges if you follow three basic principles. Now, whether that's at work, whether you like to hit the streets, whether you go door to door and knock, whether you just have small groups in your home, whether you just do it with your children, whether you are purposely going to a family and friend's house to minister the word, when you build bridges of opportunity, have these three principles in your life. And the first one is, when you're building a bridge, however God gifted you, always promote the kingdom. Promote the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. See, when you build the bridge for kingdom work, you're promoting it. When you're doing it because Jesus said to do it, you're promoting the kingdom. I think the perfect example is Noah and the ark. That ark was a symbol of salvation. That ark was built by Noah and his boys. And let me tell you something. When you read the story, there is detail on how they had to do it. There was a certain type of wood on how they had to do it. And when you listen to the voice of God and how to build the bridge in your life for people to come to Christ, watch the floodgates open of people coming in and people coming to Christ. Because you said, I'm a bridge builder, and I'm going to promote the kingdom while I do it. So the first one is promote the kingdom. When you also build bridges, put, make sure that this other thing is involved, okay? Build with generosity and good deeds. Build with generosity and good deeds, Matthew 5, 16, Jesus says, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. The message translation, I love how it says. It says, be generous with your lives. Just be generous with your lives. You know, going around and just smacking people with the word of God on their head is not, it's not a game, you know. And it, really, it can really hurt somebody. Um, I, learned, I, heard, I had a teaching I want to say five years ago, and, and when they gave this teaching, they used an illustration that was so dead on. They said that that when you correct somebody or when you wash somebody, typically we, we have the right heart of we just want them to come to Jesus. But when we wash them down, we tend to pull the fire hose that the firemen use, and we blast them, and it's unpleasant. And Jesus never used a fire hose. <laughs> when he washed the disciples' feet, he used a bowl and and a washcloth, wrapped a towel around his waist, and gently came down. Now both purposes, uh, they both did the same purpose. They both washed the people, but the approach of it, the good deed behind it, (laughs) the the, the message translation says, be generous with your lives. He was generous and he was kind and compassionate toward them with good deeds. And so when we build bridges of opportunities for people, make sure that we have good deeds uh, and, and generosity behind it. And the last one, and I'll close it with this, is this, build with compassion for people. Build with compassion for people. John 13, 25, Jesus said this, you know you you are my disciples because of your love. You know you're my disciples because of your love. Did you know that love is an action? (laughs) Love is a choice, not a feeling. You see, so many times we think, what's these butterflies in my stomachs? And, you know, just go to the doctor and get checked out for that. I don't know what that is. But (laughs) what I'm saying is this. Love is a decision and a choice. When we first came to Christ, we loved because he loved us first. He chose you. He was willing to leave the 99 in pursuit of the one. And I thank God for that choice that he made in my life. That's unconditional. Church, understand this. I'm going I'm to say this with boldness. Salvation is conditional. Hear me clear. Holy Spirit, speak to them. Salvation is conditional, but God's love is unconditional. God's love is unconditional. Salvation is an opportunity for you to come and accept him and say, Yes. But let me tell you something. Wherever you are at, God's love is unconditional for your life. And he meets you right where you are at. Think about that struggle you're going through right now. Think about that struggle that you're going through right now. Think about that problem or that issue that you're going through right now. Put it in his hands for a second and watch it diminish before your eyes. Because of God's love it's so overwhelming, it floods it away. He will give you the steps, the tools and, the, and 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 the direction to take on that issue. But it doesn't it, it is no longer have you enslaved where you miss everything around you. When we miss it, when we miss it, <laughs> we miss the opportunity to give someone else an opportunity. Again, I remember turning back, I remember going to this, this, this worship concert deal uh, back in Tulsa, and, and the guy had said, you know, when, when, when you, it's like a train. When you give your life to Christ and you're on track, you have all these other carts behind you, everyone's opportunities and destination behind you. And if you stay on track, they're going to continue to go. But if you derail, every single one derails as well, too. And he wasn't saying it in a pressure type of way. He was saying in a commitment type of way. And I remember that day I said, I am sold out for you, God. I want to I do what you want me to do. I've always loved him. I was already saved. But that moment there, I turned and I said, I want to do what you want me to do. And I was totally surrendered to him because I felt and I was consumed by his unconditional love. Church, that is offered to you as well. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and bow our head for a second. Maybe you've heard this message before and, and you you've believe in Jesus and you go to church, but you've really never been sold out. You wanna be this bridge builder, but when you try, it's really just under your own strength. And you're realizing, man, I do need to promote, promote the kingdom of God. I do need to show my generosity through my good deeds. I do need to be more compassionate towards people because now I see Jesus is doing that. And you want to just simply commit to him that way. In a few seconds, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. But here's the other invite. Maybe you've never heard of Jesus this way. Maybe you looked at it through a religious point of view, and you've realized, man, God's more relational. And I want that relationship that Adam had. I want that relationship that Lazarus has where it brought him back to life. I see that bridge of salvation was built by Jesus, and I am going to cross it. If you want that in your life, I want to lead you in a simple prayer but I want to see your hand up. With all eyes closed, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up on any of those two invites. One, I want Jesus. Two, I need Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, all you guys back there. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you guys are being weighed down by a heavy spirit right now, and you're not enjoying your journey. And you're so anxious just to let it go, but I don't know how. I don't know what to do. Guess what? There is power in the name of Jesus. And when when Jesus says that all names submit to the the name of Jesus, that my name is above all names, depression is a name, oppression is a name, (laughs) addiction is a name. (laughs) Any of those names submits to the name of Jesus. If that's you, shoot your hand up right now. And you're like, I want to be released. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Because I believe right now people are going to sense and be overwhelmed not, by, not just by his unconditional love, but by the freedom he's going to offer you in a second. Church, listen to me. If you didn't raise your hand and you're just in agreement with me, let me tell you something. Here's some good news. There are a lot of people in here that raise their hand. A lot. And I don't want them to do this alone. So we're all going to do this as a church family. Everyone put one hand over your heart. And if you said this and you or if you raise your hand I want you to mean this with all your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe in you. Jesus, thank you for making a way. I believe you are the way, the truth, and the life. That you are the light of my life. You breathe into my life. You give me life. And I want it. Forgive me for all my sins. And by faith, I receive mercy and forgiveness. Jesus, take the rest of my life. You're not just Savior. You are Lord of my life. So Holy Spirit, come into my heart. (laughs) Take total control. Fill me overflowing. In Jesus' name, amen.